0: hello everyone welcome back to the i wish you new podcast i am sarah Don moore and i'm joined by my friend adam lane smith and today we have a very special guest who is a personal friend of mine and someone that i have been following for a very long time please welcome Gadot to the podcast Mo, introduce yourself to our audience and tell us one thing you wish that they knew about you.
1: Thank you very much for having me, by the way. Uh, Everyone should know about me that I'm a huge fan of Sarah's work. And uh, I hosted her on my podcast, uh, Slow Mo, and she was very... um, what's the word? Very uh, reserved uh, as compared to her Instagram. She was like being very civilized and not criticizing anything <laughs> too uh, too loudly, uh, which was quite a, a different face, I think. But uh, I'm a huge fan. Th- Sarah, thank you so much for uh, for inviting me, Adam, uh, nice to meet you. Uh, I have lived uh, two full lives. I lived uh, the life of a of an executive uh, to its top almost. I uh, at the end of my career, I was chief business officer of Google X. Spent uh, 12 years at Google, and uh, in uh, in my Google career, started almost half of Google's businesses globally. Uh, started 107 languages, so I had a very um, a uh, successful uh, career if you want uh, I, uh, struggled with happiness at a very young age. Um, you know, in my early twenties, uh, I was very, very, um, fortunate to make all the money that people dream of making to have a wonderful wife that gave me two wonderful kids, uh, and I was miserable, clinically depressed. And so I needed to work through my depression in a way that I understood, which was very different than most of the spiritual, uh, you know, uh, approaches or practice approaches or meditation or whatsoever. I am I'm a very serious geek and a very serious engineer, and I needed to understand happiness at a, in a way that makes uh, sense, if you want. And so uh, so I, I researched happiness as a mathematician, believe it or not, and ended up with a very rig- rig- you know, rigorous model uh, that uh, eventually became my first book, which was sadly triggered... Uh, By the loss of my wonderful son, my son left the world uh, at age 21 due to uh, um, a medical uh, malpractice, basically, in a very simple surgical operation. But um, as a result of his loss, uh, of losing him, I ended up wanting to document what we were talking about when I was developing my happiness model, what he taught me. And so I basically wrote my first book, uh, Solve for Happy, which uh is uh, in 40, 34 languages uh international bestseller in probably 14 15 uh, uh, countries around the world uh, a very uh, a very uh, quiet uh, book if you want because it was never really in the headlights or in the news or in the you know, like uh, the number one bestseller, but it keeps selling every year more than the year before and reaching quite a lot of people. Uh, but the book was really triggering a mission, and the mission was one billion happy. And uh, and uh, and the mission is basically an attempt to uh, to highlight to the world that uh, that happiness is our birthright and that we have uh, ways to make it a reality if we know how it works so that was the beginning of my uh, author career i then wrote two more books and a third coming out in january and a four, you know so basically total four books uh, coming out in G- in january the, the last one uh, i wrote about artificial intelligence at the time where people uh, were still not awake a, a book that is now uh, really really popular called scary smart because of course of what happened this year with the chat gpt and other things and i wrote about neuroscience um of happiness uh, a book called that little voice in your head and then i wrote uh, unstressable which is uh, a method to remain unstressed in a very in what is likely to be in a a very stressful world uh, in our future so yeah uh, enough about me let's talk about you guys
2: i am very very curious to dig in a little bit about your ideas with happiness Your book's really intriguing. And I, for so a little bit about me, for years I worked as a licensed psychotherapist here in the United States. I specialized in severe traumas and in attachment theory as well. And I worked with so many people who were agonizingly depressed and a lot of men especially. So one of my specialties now as a male coach is to help men who are very unhappy and and have never really felt happiness in their life. I would love to hear from you and if you could share with our audience a bit if if they're sitting here saying how could someone say happiness is a birthright i've never experienced it i don't know what it's like could you share with us a bit please for them someone who's just walking in the door about what your formula is for happiness what's your approach to happiness
1: yeah i mean it 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 is an alien concept but i mean look at any child you've ever seen if you look at any any child any infant if they're fed safe, given their basic needs for survival, if nobody's shouting uh, in their ears, if the room is not too cold or too hot and they're fed and everything's fine, they will sit, lay on their back and play with their toes and giggle. That, that's, the, that's the actual default state of humanity, right? You know, When, when you look at children, if the diaper gets wet the, or, or the child gets hungry, the child will cry but they will cry because there is a reason to be unhappy. And, and once you change the diaper, uh, the child goes back to happiness. This actually, you know, you don't
2: need science. You need four minutes on YouTube watching kids' videos to understand that. Part of being a good partner is taking care of yourself so that the other person doesn't have to. And Rugged Legacy Grooming Supply will help you take care of yourself and look your best in your relationships. It's, it's very straightforward. And, and even you, by the way, the
1: child within you, you know, next Sunday, if it's sunny outside and your boss didn't say, say something annoying and your partner didn't say something stupid and there is no reason to be grumpy, uh, you will wake up on Sunday and feel amazing. Right. You will wake up on Sunday and feel amazing, even though that promotion you were thinking about on Friday that you didn't get is still a true statement. You still didn't get the promotion, but with, without a reason for your unhappiness in this moment in time, our default state as humans is happy. And, and, and this is highly skewed by the advertising industry. Because the advertising industry is constantly trying to tell you that there are things you need to acquire to find happiness, that you need to get something from outside you to be able to find that elusive feeling that's called happy, right? And and you know that something could be a Coke or it could be a, a, a the, the latest iPhone, and somehow we We believe that. We believe that those things will give us happiness, that a tall partner or a handsome, uh, you know, partner or whatever is going to make us happy. That doesn't work. Hmm? The reality of the matter is that when you get those things in your life. I mean, ask yourself, Sarah will probably tell you how often uh, that partner is the reason for your unhappiness, right? And you, and you think that they're going to, 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 to come in and, and make your life better. Uh, reality is nothing comes from outside you and makes you and makes you happy or unhappy. Happiness comes from within you in the case of absence of unhappiness. Now, if you understand this, you suddenly realize that we... We're, we're dealing with, with it the wrong way. There is really nothing you can do to remove, to, 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 to instill happiness in you. There are things you can do to remove unhappiness. And, and when I understood this, again, as a software engineer at the time, Any normal human being would say, okay, let me prepare a list of 10 things that make me unhappy and remove them from my life and I'll go back to happiness, right? Uh, Which I think is a very wise thing for anyone to do, to be honest, but uh, my my engineering mind said, oh, there must be an algorithm Mm -hmm. that I can code into a computer that will predict for me every moment in my life where I will ever feel unhappy. So I can remove that from now and just, you know, put that problem to the side and live a happy life forever. And, and crazy as it sounds, believe it or not, it turns out there is an algorithm, that, that there is something you can code in a computer and input a couple of values. My original analysis was 19 values, but to simplify it for my book, enter a couple of values and find out if you're going to be happy or unhappy. And, and, and the, the, the driver, the foundation behind that algorithm is very straightforward. Nothing in your life has ever made you consistently happy or unhappy nothing in your life has ever made everyone happy or unhappy okay so so you know remember when they locked us down in covid 19 for some people they were the happiest people ever not to go to work and for others uh, they were unhappy not to go to work and and work from home for for the same people they were happy one week about not having to go to work and unhappy the other week right and and that basically tells you that going to work or not, is actually not, doesn't have any inherent happiness value in it at all, okay? That there must be another parameter in play. Most of us will say we're unhappy because life is unfair to me. Yeah, there are so many people in the world, if you've ever been to Africa or to Latin America or to you know, Asia, uh, that are living a much worse life than you that life is so much more unfair to them, and yet they are happy, okay? And, and then you question, so what is the other parameter at play? The other parameter at play is a parameter that's highly skewed in the advanced world, which is your expectation, what you expect life to be, right? When you, when you, when you, you go to Africa or, or to India and give someone a bowl of rice, just a bowl of rice, because their expectation is i might not eat for 3 days one bowl of rice lights up their world right when when we were locked down and you click twice on your uh, on your phone and get sushi delivered to your home you go like nah but i want to be outside with my friends eating the sushi right your expectation is the problem okay it's not the quality of the meal it's the expectation that i have rights that have been granted to me by life uh, as if it's a service level agreement with the telco that are not being met, right? And when you, when you simplify it that way, you realize that your happiness is equal to or greater than the difference between the events of your life and your hopes and expectations of how life sh- should be, that, th- that second part okay plays a very big role in happiness you you go to you know scandinavia which has the highest subjective well-being in the planet mm-hmm. so so the government provides everything health care, uh, pensions uh, you know if you're unhappy they send you to spain to sit in the sun uh, on the government expenses uh, you know they, they solve everything for you and yet you have some of the highest suicide rates in the world why because when you get so much in life your expectations continue to increase to be higher than what you get. And when that is the case, your happiness becomes a choice. Interestingly, because you choose to set your expectations in ways that sometimes are unrealistic, and you choose to see the dark side of your life and forget about the bright sides of your life, which is also a choice and makes your perception of events unrealistic. Take events minus expectations if you choose to see the events wrong and you choose to set the expectations wrong. Good luck with happiness.
0: So Mo, this, as a, a woman who coaches a lot of men, um, we can move into kind of a little bit more in the relationship space because that's that's where we're dealing with right now. And you said a lot of things. So the first question and the first one that I want to touch on is, um, you know, obviously you are a man of science and you appreciate algorithms and you appreciate uh, knowing, potentially predicting. Now with women, we are very uh, unpredictable, unalgorithmic. So <laughs> what are some things that know that you could share with our audience that that might frustrate you about relationships that might frustrate you about women that might frustrate you and maybe some men that are listening could potentially I don't relate with some of the things that you might be facing newly into the dating scene you're in Dubai are you dating are you have you figured out women is there an algorithm for us?
1: Oh my God! Uh, There must be. Uh, It's just (laughs) a very complex one, Uh, and and I say that with a ton of respect. Let let me let me explain to you. So so I will I will start by saying, I love that part of a woman. I honestly and truly don't want to date a dude, right? So 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 in a very interesting way, uh, you, you can if you choose. To have, uh, you know, fish tanks at home. I I love aquariums, right? So, if you choose to have a fish tank at home, you have to understand that you're going to have to feed the fish a couple of times a day, and you're going to have to keep certain parameters correctly, and so on. You cannot make the choice of saying, "I want the aquarium, but I don't want the other parts." Right? That's that's not realistic. If you do that, you're going to be very unhappy about your aquarium experience. Now, uh, women are much more. Uh, you know valuable to a man 's life than an aquarium, but women come with a very different uh, um, set of traits and and When I say women and men, I think in the world we are in today, this is very a very loose definition i, I by, When I say a woman, I mean the feminine, which is statistically correlated to the fem- female biology so uh, you know and and when i say man i say masculine by the way there are relationships between uh, people who are the opposite so she would have the female biology and she would be more masculine in her traits uh, you know you could be same sex couples and one of them is feminine and one of them is, is masculine and so on the, the 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 idea here is that parts of the traits of the masculine are much more oriented to doing okay so the, ma- the the masculine is all about getting things done getting that prey hunted so that the tribe can feed or getting you know something carried or some protection happening or whatever right so doing requires a very specific set of traits including linear thinking analytical thinking discipline uh, stuff like that right uh, that on its own hmm, has provided for humanity an environment where we could progress and and you know eat and survive and so on but i promise you without women uh, or without without women or the feminine in in that environment we would have died of boredom okay and we wouldn't have <laughs> actually known anything at all in terms of what it is that we want to do with our life because the feminine has intuitive thinking it has you know the feminine has creative thinking, uh, it has paradoxical thinking, an incredible incredible quality that may make a woman look irrational, but paradoxical thinking is to be able to to believe too. Um, two um, uh, opposites at the same time, and believe it or not, that's the very core of quantum physics. That's the very core of what the universe is made of, is that subatomic particles could be particles and could be wave functions at the same time. Okay, and, and the idea that you take things like empathy, you take things like nurturing, you take things like uh, um, uh, sensuality, so sensuality being able to sense a lot of things around you. So when a man or the masculine tries to analyze a problem, the masculine analyzes it uh, in a very disciplined, analytical, linear way. Right. What does that mean? It means that in my masculine brain, I try to cut down most of the parameters that are in the equation and work on an equation with two or three parameters right? The feminine, on the other hand, the feminine intelligence will have inputs that are coming from her intuition, her sensuality, her paradoxical thinking, her creativity, her playfulness, her flow, her empathy, her nurturing. There is so much input that goes into the feminine mind to come up with a decision, right? So it's, it's a very different approach to solving a problem. It's, it's an approach that is crunching a very much larger set of data, that's number one. Number two, it's an approach that actually believes that there are multiple solutions and is unable to make up their mind on which solution is better because they're crunching a lot of data. Now, when you see it that way, you realize how much that can bring into my life. This is magic. Right. So when I solve a problem with my feminine brain, believe it or not, with my feminine mind, which I've been working on empowering for around seven years now and, and really made progress. OK, I see a very different world. I see a world that is full of possibilities, that is full of fun and playfulness, that is really not that restricted, that can change its mind, that can believe in paradoxes and in a very interesting way. It's a magical world, different than the disciplined world that produces numbers and results and quarterly reports, okay? Okay. Or quarterly earnings uh, calls for for your company. But it's a world that we need. It's a world that without which we would have never been able to survive as humanity. Now, so what's my tip for men? My tip for men is if you want to date a dude, go ahead. They're available, okay, but you're not gonna enjoy that. hmm? If you wanna date a woman, hmm? then accept that there are irrationalities about crunching such a big amount of data, okay, and about paradoxical thinking and creativity and so on. My tip for women, on the other hand, is give us a break, (laughs) right? Sometimes the truth is you know you're crunching too much you know you're changing your mind too much you want us to take charge you want us to step in and say hey baby i've listened you've told me everything okay anything else that you want to tell me about this why don't we ignore this this and that of the input because they really don't make that much difference and why don't we make up our mind with the rest of the data the rest of the data gives us only two choices okay and by the way if you uh, if you then ask her which choice th- does she want you're in big trouble okay <laughs> uh, you you would say and i'm willing to make choice number 1 and take responsibility for the result would you be happy with that okay most of the time Right after she tells you that she's happy with this, you're going to be in bed, having a wonderful time with your woman, enjoying a very, very passionate connection that happened because you did your role and you didn't reject how she is, okay? Now, does that mean I do that all the time? No, because sometimes it's super irrational. But at the same time, hmm, because I love that side of a woman, Okay. When it happens, I sit back and I go like, yeah, let me learn. Let me see an alternative way of how things are done.
0: There's a lot there, Mo. Um, A lot
2: of valuable things there. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, and I guess I would want to kind of understand a little bit more from a personal standpoint, some of the things and some of the, some of the challenges that you might've faced in your own Relationship, you said that, you know, and obviously my platform is a lot about women and giving advice to women about how men work. Because I think a lot of times, as women, we aren't necessarily taught how men work. And we live in a really interesting time where genders are fluid, especially in the United States. And I've been, you know, my content and a lot of other people's content have been attacked for even assigning certain types of algorithmic behaviors to the male or the female. So in the United States, especially, we're, we're getting, we're even getting more polarized because genders, even saying the masculine and the feminine is attacked. You can't have differences in opinions if you're masculine or feminine. So, so I'm wondering personally, what are some things that women need to understand about men to to make them happy? You know, what are some things that you wish that your ex wife, some of the women that you date some of the some of the challenges that you face right now? What are some things that you wish women understood about men at a deep level?
1: Well, I I think I think the 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 challenge of the United States and the whole world is quite um, confusing, to be honest, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, we, We live in an abundance of data. Uh, an abundance of opinions, an abundance of views, okay, which I will have to say with a ton of respect, are every single one of them is valid for the one saying it. Okay. Uh, the, the, the challenge is it may not be valid for you. So the only truth that remains for you is how you define yourself. Okay. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what you say out loud, it doesn't matter what you're being told. What matters is a a deep inward look that says, which I think I I admire about you, Sarah, because you're feminine, you are a woman, you celebrate that you're a woman, and you celebrate sometimes the irrationalities of you as a woman, but you also (laughs) celebrate the qualities of you as a woman. Okay, me
0: irrational Mo? No,
1: no, 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 never. Uh, Did I say that, Adam? I I think you said that, right? No, uh, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I mean by this is the following: Hmm? the first mistake in our world of dating and romance today is that we're being, we're doing what we're told. Okay, we're not doing what we feel we should do. There is a huge difference. Okay. I'll I'll give you an extreme example. Extreme example in my life is I was born a Muslim. Okay. Islam is a conformative uh, uh, religion that has a very strict view about marriage before uh, relationships. OK, and and for a very long time in my life, I, you know, Nibel, my wife, was my f- the first woman I touched. I stayed with Nibel for 27 years. So I was a one man's woman for 27 years of my adult life. Uh, and and when you really think about it, uh, I had to revisit my views of of the religious view of what what Islam actually wants, OK, which quite interestingly, is it wants transparency, honesty, and agreement, consent. Okay, That's all it wants. So when it, when it comes to relationships between, between men and women, it's basically saying, man up, don't lie. Okay, if you're the man side of the relationship, don't lie, tell her your whole truth, see if she accepts it. And you as a woman, don't be, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, um, uh, sneaky, be vulnerable, tell him your whole truth and see if he agrees with it. Okay, interesting. Hmm? And in a very interesting way, the whole idea of transparency in Islam is to say, you know, and show the world, don't do it behind closed doors. And if it's behind closed doors, it's not right, you're hiding something. Okay, Uh, so 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 basically, that changed my approach completely to dating and romance. Okay, because suddenly I was basically, you know, actually becoming super vulnerable with a woman at a point at which, uh, you know, you normally are trying to show all of your assets and not your drawbacks. Okay. And it worked magic for me, even in periods of my life where I was completely polyamorous and I was, you know, not willing to commit at all. It was one of the early conversations I had with a, mo- a woman, mostly on the first date, where I would simply say, look, I'm not at a season of my life where I'm willing to be uh, committed monogamously. And you know, I want you to know that upfront. And believe it or not, I said that to probably 38 women in my life. Do you want to take a, a, a guess of statistically how many of them said, OK, I'm, I'm OK with that? All all 38 of them, 100%. I didn't date all 38, okay? I, I'm not that much of a playboy, <laughs> but, but every one of them, okay? Every single one of them said, I value the honesty and transparency, okay? I'm willing to listen and have a conversation. Now, what does that mean? You, you asked me a question and said, where do the frustrations come from? The frustrations come from a very complex system, a machine that is breaking down, okay? Uh, and, and you go to a mechanic who has no idea what that machine is, and they will tell you, just change the oil, everything will be fine. And then you go to another one, and the other one says, no, no, paint it green. Green will, will work really well for the machine. And everyone is just saying the word, talking about the world from their experience and their point of view. You know, the one that says painted green has painted his car green before, and somehow it worked right, and, and, or, or, or you know, has painted it yellow and it didn't work, and so he decided green may be the answer, OK? The truth is, the only relationship that will ever work for you is about you, OK? It's about what you're looking for, how you want to behave. Now, again, I'll, I'll give a, a clear and extreme example. In the modern world, we're trying to empower gender diversity and women, OK? but we're not trying to empower the feminine. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you very frequently, especially in the United States, hmm, you date a woman that is not feminine. No, no, that is feminine, but refusing to live fully in her feminine. Why? Because her friends are telling her, don't show him everything. He will think you're this, or don't show him everything. What if he leaves? Or don't do this or don't do that. Now, for a man like me, I am a masculine man. I mean, I, I'm not ashamed to say that. And in if I am if I am a masculine man, I expect my woman to be feminine. Okay? And I expect that to trigger the masculinity in me that will be protective so that I offer that safety environment. Now, for that cycle to be complete, hmm, it's not enough that I behave the way I am. It's necessary that she behaves the way she is. And and the whole trick. The whole complexity of our world today in dating and romance, th- there is a there is a, a very serious economic model that needs to be discussed. But in the individual cases, the challenges are one of two. Either you showed yourself and you were not a good fit, or you didn't show yourself, and accordingly, there was no chance of a fit. Okay? and And, and how do you show yourself in the first place? By actually knowing yourself. Yeah, your, your friends will tell you, oh, no, 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 behave this way and that way. And Instagram will tell you behave this way and that way. And there is, you know, this incredible influencer, Sarah Dawn Moore, and she will tell you behave this way and that way. You take all of this as guidance, data, information, ideas, knowledge, and you make up your own mind. You make up your own heart on how you want to be if you if you know how you want to be and you advertise who you want to be you're much more likely going to get a man that's interested in that product okay if you don't know who you want to be you're going to confuse everyone and get every type of man okay if you do if you know who you want to be but you're advertising differently you're going to get the, long, the wrong person Okay, so uh, once again, I mean, I had a very dear friend of mine, uh, um, you know, desperate to have a a, a, a deep connected relationship and, uh, you know, wonderful woman in every possible way. Kind, generous, beautiful, sexy, uh, uh, you know, nurturing, tender, everything. Okay, And I said, so where is it wrong? And she said, I don't know. I always get the wrong guys. And I said, where do you meet them? And she said, the club. Mm. I was like, how do you expect to meet a, a man when you're advertising yourself in short skirts and high heels every Friday night to drunk people? Okay, nothing wrong with the club, by the way. There is a time in everyone's life for the club. But if you're looking for a different person, okay, that see that matches your current season, advertise your current season and to advertise your current season, get to know your current season, ignore what everyone is telling you and be who you are. You're much more likely to get someone that wants what you are. Yeah.
0: I think there's a, I'll just a quick comment on this because it, it hits really home for me. Um, there's a lot of women who are confused. I think within themselves, they don't necessarily know what a healthy man or healthy masculinity looks like because a lot of us did not grow up with a model to see what a what a father what that would even look like so we are attracted to these very very dark traits these these very masculine traits but that are used you know kind of those machiavellian Mm -hmm. narcissistic traits Mm -hmm. and so we have a couple of experiences early on that really i think taint us to, to believe that we can trust a man that we can trust the masculine. So then of course the cycle begins and what starts to happen is walls start to get built. There tends to be a power struggle of, can I trust, can I not? And that comes across as very competitive to men. And then Adam, I'd love for you, for your opinion on this. Cause I know that you deal with it. You know.
2: Absolutely. So there's, and this is a big, this is a big part of the argument here in the United States, especially, and, and throughout the West, especially is, um, people are starting to acknowledge that there's a problem. There is a problem here, and there could be solutions, but then the men point to the women and say, why should we come back to the table? Because you are trying to rip us off. You're trying to destroy our lives. Your chaos is out of control. We can never trust you. You have to get better first. And the women... Very much say, I have been hurt so much. My mother was hurt. My grandmother was hurt. There is no way for us to come back to the table first. Men must come back to the table first and make us feel safe. And men say, then men come back and say, why should we do that when you, tra- you treat us so badly? So, Mo, I would love to hear from you, your engineering mind. What do you see here in the United States? Can you put a, f- a final answer on it or, or just give your opinion? Um How does coming back to the table look between the masculine and the feminine? It does one need to make a first move on one side or the other. Is there a joint effort? What is your thought here?
0: Let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor today, Rugged Legacy, because guys, there is nothing better than a well-kept, well-groomed man. So if you want her to kiss you more without feeling like she's kissing sandpaper, this does the trick. Works 99.9% of the time.
2: How do you see the system fitting?
1: It is such an interesting question. I I care about one woman. I don't want to correct the world. Everyone out there in this game of dating and love and romance is looking for one or I don't know if your type of relationship requires four, fine, you're looking for four, but you're not looking for the entire 300 some million or I don't know how big the US is now. Okay? That's this is not your task. Hmm? Your task is to understand the following and and you know, I said there is a very Important side to the economic model of dating and romance. The, the modern world we live in has completely skewed the abundance of supply of prospects in the dating uh, game. Okay, allow me to call it a game here, not a, not a fun game, but basically a mathematics game, huh? a mathematics like in, uh, in game theory. Okay, so in, in game theory, what's happening here is that you have a market. Hmm? Where a man like me, I'm reasonably successful, I'm reasonably uh, 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 rich, I'm you know not horrible looking uh, I have that deep voice that's people, women like I don't know a few th- a few good things about me okay I kid you not, I have endless supply of opportunities okay Endless supply, which basically is unfortunately the case for a small, Pool of men that are either genuinely uh, good candidates or that advertise very well as good candidates. Okay? Because remember, to advertise as the alpha male is a very easy task. Okay, to advertise as the most amazing woman is a much more complex task because to advertise as the amb- alpha male, you just have to be masculine and a, a little obnoxious and a little aggressive and you know just a little loud and a little um, what do they call it uh, you know. Um, um um the opposite of submissive uh dominant. Dominant, dominant right and 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 yeah yeah and 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 the whole the whole game is actually quite easy to advertise and so you get a quite a few of the bad boys that are seemingly uh good catches but are not and everyone is chasing them okay now When you understand that the 80% that remain, by the way, the 80, 20, I I heard Jordan Peterson say it, I don't know the source of the statistic, but whatever the ratio, uh, uh, let's assume the 80% that remain have a ton of gold nuggets, okay? Amazing men, amazing women, uh, who are truly gems to behold, okay? And the challenge is an inefficient market dynamic, an infi- inefficient market dynamic in terms of uh, if, if you enter a U.S. supermarket, okay, go into the, uh, the cereal aisle, hmm, there is somewhere around two hundred and fifty to 300,000 brands on, this, on display, okay? I'm, I'm exaggerating, but that's the, the, the impression you guys give us when I go to the U.S., It's just endless supply. When we, in reality, know for a fact that most of them are exactly the same and that what I'm looking for hmm, is, let's say I want a healthy cereal or I want uh, a whole food made, uh, you know, nothing manufactured or processed or whatever. If I could narrow down Mm-hmm. And tell myself, uh, by the way, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. My options drop to ten. Okay, and and you know a, a great example of that was what Amazon did with books. If, if our listeners are too young, there was a time when you walked into Barnes and Noble, uh, and and you you actually had to sift through the books right? The best that Barnes & Noble did was to give you categories. This is fiction, this is nonfiction, this is, you know, whatever, right? And and, and so, but still, you know, if I needed to buy a, a book about a certain topic, I needed to stay at Barnes & Noble, and this is why they had coffee and everything, for a few hours, okay? Now, the abundance of supply uh you know in the book market can w- w- i think the u s publishes something like sixty thousand books a year hmm? if you if the abundance of supply can be uh um, um you know m- 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 overcome by a sharp focus on what kind of book i want to read okay so so the first step is to truly an uh, you know understand what it is that you're looking for the second is quite interestingly that as i said it 's an inefficient market, so there has to be a little bit of trial and error okay and and the trial and error uh, you know liken it if you want to a throw of a dice okay if i if I give you two dice hmm, you 're likely going to get a double six okay if you 're very lucky, it might be the first uh, throw okay if you 're very unlucky uh, you know it might take you twenty five times but on average hmm, a, a double six will be you know one of thirty six throws right now here's the challenge if you're throwing the dice and each one of those throws takes you eight months okay thirty six times if you're the average is endless time okay if you're if you're really wise around actually uh, uh, being in that game and and maximizing your probabilities, you should be dating, you should be going out on dates, you should be searching cleverly by narrowing the the choice from 60,000 to 10, okay, or from 60,000 to 36 if you want, but then throw the dice quickly. Don't, don't go on a first date and then say, uh, you know, seven green flags, 27 red flags. But, you know, he's cute. And if I leave now, when will I get another good one? Just freaking throw the dice again. <laughs> like seriously, honestly. Okay. And, 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 and you know, if, if every throw of the dice takes you a week, Hmm? Go on a date once a week or on a, on a date twice a week with dating apps now, it's, it's likely to be possible. Hmm? And, and, and with the intention of unless it's a hell yes, it's an absolute no. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you go that way and start to be in that scene, two things will happen. One is from a probabilities point of view, every time you throw the dice. So the first time you throw the dice, your probability of success is one in 36. The second time it's one in 35. The, you know, the 12th time it's one in 24. Okay. So you're constantly improving your odds that's number one. And number two, which a lot of people don't understand is love and romance and relationships and dating are a skill. Yes. They are a skill. When I was a young salesman at IBM, when I graduated, I had no idea how to sell anything. And then IBM told me, hey, uh, there is a, a course you need to take that's called listening skills. What does that have to do with selling? I should just go to the customer and tell him what, he, what I, what I want to sell, and I'll negotiate the price. And they just said, go. Take a listening skills course. And yeah, you learn to listen. Everything changes. Customers start to love you. They tell you what they're looking for. They, you know, they, they, they tell you their secrets. They tell you, you know, what price they're willing to pay. They tell you so many things similarly on a date. Listening skills. OK, if by the way, on the seventh date, if you haven't been listening enough and you've been meeting, you know, feeling bored or meeting the wrong people, now, you know, you know that there is a skill you need to have. You, need, you know that there is a skill to identify the bad boy that's advertising unlike himself. There are certain questions you should ask. OK, and I'm sorry to, to be very blunt here, but don't sleep with him under pressure. And by the way, men don't sleep with her under pressure or irrational desire, okay? It's very costly to sleep with a woman that's going to cost you drainage for the next three months, okay? And it's very, very costly to sleep with a man when you're going to fall in love in the second time. So, so the truth is, give yourself time. As long as it's not a hell yes, it's a no-no. There's no pressure whatsoever. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, hey, by the way, I don't know. I think I like you, but I'm not sure. Or, hey, by the way, I think you're super sexy and I desire the hell out of you, but I'm not ready. Hmm. Okay? And if it takes six dates instead of three, at least you're sure. And now... Yes, you may end up still breaking up after eight months and it's one, you know, wasted throw of the dice. But the likelihood of that happening on the sixth date is probably 10% of it happening on the first date that, that you end up with the wrong person, right? So it's an economic model. It really is all, you know, if you've ever traded in the stock market, they will always tell you it's not about how much you're going to sell the stock at, okay? It's how much you're going to buy at, which stock and how much you're gonna buy it at, okay? If you buy the wrong stock at the wrong price, good luck. However clever you are, you're gonna lose money when you sell. So similarly, if if you're unable to choose the right person because you're in a rush or under pressure, Okay, you're likely going to take long cycles of, oh, I met him, I, I met her, I like him, I like her, uh, we slept together, oh my God, it's amazing, the chemistry is wonderful, let's go out and travel together, and oh my God, I freaking hate him, did you see how he, 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 he snores, blah, 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 blah. and then eight months later, you're in the pain of breakup, and then you take six months of break because you can't stand it anymore, and start another throw of the dice 14 months later. Good
0: luck. mo. Um, what is a hell yes for you? I have hmm. to know per, from a personal perspective, <laughs> what does that mean? And then I have another question Two that two that questions. Me, is that me advertising? Sarah? <laughs> there we go. There we Maybe. go. But no, then I have another question because I mean, I would say that you are seemingly a, you know, potentially perceived as a high value man, right? You have all of the attributes uh, that a lot of women are looking for. So uh, what? How would you advise? Because a lot of times I advise men, first of all, before you even get into the dating market, before you even do anything, you have to understand obviously what it is that you're looking for, but you have to get yourself to a place where you've established that you have the confidence to walk away. A lot of men don't necessarily vet women properly because they date from scarcity. They think, oh my gosh, I have one woman and I'm not going to get another date for two, three, four, five five months. So I see them kind of settling or I see them, you know, letting bad behaviors slide and slip. They don't know that they do have options. So for you, what kind of shifted for you in your mindset as to, was it, was it your confidence? Was it the money that you were bringing in? Was it your career? Was it the success that you had? How did you cultivate that confidence to know what you brought to the table and what you were looking for from a woman, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Oh, my God, that's (laughs) such a multi-layered question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you build
2: us an algorithm for it?
1: Yeah. Let let me openly say what a man is looking for and what a woman is looking for. There There are a million and a half things that we look for. OK, uh, but if you want to narrow them down like the happiness equation into an algorithmic way, a woman is looking for three things. The feminine is looking for three things. If you're, a, if you're a, an LGBTQ plus um, community member and you're on the feminine side of the community member, you're going to look for three things. If you're uh, uh, sorry, of the community, you're going to look for certain things. And if you're on the masculine side, you're going to look for certain, certain things. I believe that the feminine is always looking to be safe, to be seen, and if you're sexually active, to be, I apologize for my English <laughs> OK? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's as simple as that, OK? The the masculine is looking for three things. It's to be free, to be seen, and if you're sexually active, to be mm-hmm. OK? It's as simple as that. If you can give those three things uh, to your counterpart, to your partner, your potential prospect, uh, you will get anyone you want. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're tall or short. It doesn't matter if you're curvy or skinny. It truly and honestly doesn't matter. And I, you know, I I know of many 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 uh, uh, you know rounded ugly men that are dating supermodels, and I know of many many. Uh, uh, you know um what may seem on the modern world of uh, of um, of judging you know the value of a woman to be low, you know someone who's not super attractive or whatever who are dating the best men okay it 's seen safe and fit or seen free and fit mm-hmm. okay uh, so we 're not going to talk about. F- here. I think you're going to be uh, the number of times I said this, but I cannot, I cannot stress enough. Hmm? I, I cannot stress enough how I'm, I'm guessing this is not a family. You're, this is a dating show. Like it, it couldn't be a family friendly show. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I cannot stress enough the importance of intimacy and chemistry in, uh, in a relationship. Okay. And in intimacy and, 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 uh, and, and chemistry, by the way, is triggered by safe, seen and free. Okay. Uh, so if, you're, if you don't feel safe, you're never going to be uh, uh, hot around your partner uh, if you don't feel seen and so on. Uh, but at the same time, it is, um, uh, you know, it is a skill. I hate to say that because people uh, think it's uh, you know it's uh, it's not natural no no it is a skill okay to please your partner is a skill Okay, uh, you 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 know you learn it over time. You understand, uh, you know. Please don't read Cos- Cosmopolitan magazine. It's not about uh, positions. Uh, I mean, read it if you want, but not on that topic. Huh? It's not about the position or where you're going to do it or whatever. It's really about a very deep connection that goes beyond the physical. Okay, the, you know, if you've never had that. Chemistry was someone where after you were done, you realize that you were not in this world for for a while, okay? You've never had sex. Okay, and 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 that ability is something that comes with a lot of communication and a lot of, I don't want to call it foreplay because foreplay has a has a physical uh, uh, you know uh, connotation to it, but it's a lot of connection over a very long time, and it has a a lot of tension that comes with it without breaking the strings between them. And it's a but it's a skill, I promise you. Okay, safe and seen hmm, for a woman are super easy. The way women get attracted to bad boys is because they think that if he's the alpha of the pack, they're safe, okay? Uh, You know, safe is a lot deeper than that. And for a man to learn how to truly be worthy of a good woman, okay, safe is about never judging her, accepting her femininity, allowing her to be herself, Encouraging her to open up, about allowing her to be vulnerable, to cry, to, to be uh, irrational about something he did. Uh, you know, it, there is a lot of space hmm, that is very, very different. Again, the, 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 the modern world will tell you a man should be dominant, huh? you should, ta- you should uh, uh, control your woman. That's crap. Okay? <laughs> there is a huge difference between getting, uh, uh, getting a, a beautiful stallion okay? And tying it to the stable, okay? Or taming it so that it enjoys running in the wild with you, with her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? And, and basically the idea is that feeling of safety, that feeling of you're absolutely free. And it comes from a lot of confidence on the man's side. A lot of confidence that basically says, I want you to be whatever you want. It doesn't shake my confidence. OK, it doesn't make me feel that I'm afraid of your beauty or I'm afraid of your wildness or I'm afraid because every woman, when she opens up, will end up in those places. OK, scene, on the other hand, is the ultimate. By the way, I said scene is for men, or the masculine and the, and the feminine. OK, scene is the ultimate dating strategy. OK, it's a genuine curiosity to be able to understand the person in front of you. It's to actually truly try to see them, truly try to listen, not focus on her boobs and think about undressing her or not talking about his financial resources and hoping he's going to buy you a Porsche. Mm-hmm. OK, seen is to be able to undress as humans hmm? metaphorically, and, and talking about things. A, a good first date is, in my view, four hours. Okay, And if someone tells me, let's go for a one-hour date, I'll say, no, find me time. I, I never go to a fancy place, either, because I want to listen. I don't want the music in the background. Do you understand? That, that So so scene is the way to go. Scene, by the way, you, you asked me how did I end up where I ended up. I I took a so so a, 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 I am a a very unusual video gamer engineer physicist technologist who is also very spiritual. Okay, so I I ended up uh, around a, a year and a half ago uh, becoming a monk for nine months. Okay, I chose to 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 go to you know to take a vow of celibacy and a vow of you know silence for several day uh, days every uh, every month and several days every year and so on and it was. And on, but I'm I'm not, I'm a rebel in a, in a way, so I, you know, it, did, it wasn't like I went to a monastery and meditated 50 hours a day and so on. I was engaged fully in life, but with those vows in mind. And I went on platonic dates, okay? And oh my God, the minute you remove, so basically the platonic date started, let's say in December, the first thing we would talk about is I'm not gonna be able to touch you until June, just so that we agree, okay? And, and that removal on the pre- of the pressure changed absolutely everything, okay? I, suddenly, we were actually curious in each other, okay? Suddenly, by the way, most of the time, uh, when she's so cute and so attractive and so sexy, you end up completely into her by the third date. But if it's gonna be June, right? And we're still talking at the sixth date, usually you realize, oh my God, I was saved by the bell. This was not the person for me, right? When when we allow ourselves to dive deep into passion and romance, uh, the hormonal, uh, uh, you know, Molotov cocktail that goes into our bodies completely remove any judgment and rationality to be able to actually see if that person fits for you, mm-hmm. right? And And so basically... Once I went through that process a few times I suddenly realized that it is not that I can get any woman I want it's that I shouldn't get any woman I want that's that's the whole point I'm much more driven by please god save me from a draining relationship than please god give me a, a woman to spend 6 weeks of you know heaven with and then 6 months of suffering
2: There's so much to unpack there, and that's wonderful. One thing that really stood out to me was something you said a little bit earlier was if you want to know, and if you want to be seen, and if you want the other person to see you, and you want them to desire you, you must know yourself. And I think that there's an epidemic here in the West, and and especially in America, of people who do not know themselves. Sometimes I think that they are afraid to get to know themselves. What... What do you think might be a couple of quick steps or, or initiating steps even that people could begin that process? If they don't know themselves, they don't know who is the right person for them. They don't know any of this piece. What are some beginning steps you'd encourage people to take?
1: <sighs> I, I think the core origin of the issue, specifically in America, by the way, was Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Yeah. Uh, and his book, which was, um, you know, how to influence, how to win friends and influence others. Right. The, 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 by the way, amazing work. huh? But I think the, the main and I worked across the world and I worked with um, America a lot. And, and I think in in the American way of looking at success at business, if you want, there is that idea of uh, you have to appear larger than life. Okay. You have to, you have to be brave. You have to be, uh, outspoken. You have to, you know, say amazing things in front of a crowd and you have to, and you have to, and you have to. Okay. And, and I, you know, uh, derivatives of this, of course, is the idea of fake it till you make it. Okay. And I think fake it till you make it is probably going to break America. Uh, pr- probably going to break the whole world if you think about it. Huh? The, and, and the reason is, uh, there is a so, so when I wrote Soul for Happy, my first book, uh, I I spoke about the ego, okay, and I basically openly said there's absolutely no way you can live without ego, okay. Uh, ego is not arrogance only. You can have the ego of a victim. You can have an ego of a, a, an unfairly treated person. You can have any ego you want as long as it's a, a persona that you're defending that you want people to believe, okay. And and fake it till you make it. Uh, I think what ended up happening, especially in the social media world, is that we fake it so much that we believe it. Okay, and and when we believe what it is that we're faking, it becomes extremely hard to uh, to, to to know the difference, to the, to know the real you. And and I use an, a, a method that I call the arbitrage method, uh, and I, and I do that, believe it or not, even at my age today and my probably 30 years plus spiritual journey, uh, uh, I do it almost once a week without fail. Uh, and the arbitrage is very straightforward. You, you pick a topic, OK? And you ask your, uh, your, uh, yourself what your brain thinks about it, what your mind thinks about it, what your heart feels about it, and what your actions are. OK? So it's, it's mind, heart, and actions. If they all align, that's the real you, okay. If two align and the third doesn't, uh, then your that's not you. And if none of them of the, if the three don't align, you're a big mess, hmm. okay. Uh, so so if none of them align with uh, with the other, so so the n- n- take any topic. Hmm? Uh, I don't know what example to take, but take any topic. Huh? If if your mind uh, if you if you're um, afraid to leave your partner. Okay uh, and your heart says I can't take this anymore okay your actions are your fighting all the time and criticizing all the time but your mind is saying this is the right thing to do I want to stay there is an arbitrage there is a there is a an imbalance between the th- the three parts of you so your heart and your actions are saying F- off I don't want to be around you and your mind is saying stay I'm not saying that means leave, okay? I'm just saying understand that the the reality of you is I'm not aligned, okay? I should either convince my heart uh, and my action uh, and accordingly change my actions and be aligned, or I should convince my mind and be aligned okay and you can apply that to anything in your life you know whether it's the job that you're doing or the the path that you take on your commute or your friends and and family relationships or of course your love life okay if it's not aligned it's wrong and by the way if it is aligned you'll find that problems will go away right because if if you're if your heart is saying uh, you know i am uh I, I, you know i I want to leave or i can 't take this anymore, and your mind says, "Yeah, I agree we can 't take this anymore okay you 're going to correct your actions so that you either leave or fix it okay uh, and it 's okay it 's okay to even align on the negative, but you have to find out who you really are now, the other side of this is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, I, what I call uh, um, the inflation of what's on offer, okay? Uh, we, we spoke about how the modern world today, dating apps and, and social media and so on, um, make us, give us an endless access to, uh, to humanity, you know, almost in a window shopping format, right? Uh, so, so you can swipe left and right, uh, and it never ends. It's an endless stream. As a matter of fact, when I, when I was studying uh, dating apps for, for my book that I probably will never publish about love and romance, uh, you know, I, I, it was one of my tasks to try and actually see if Tinder will ever run out, okay? And it never does. I wanted to see a screen that says, we have no one else that matches your criteria, okay? And I would narrow the criteria to 50 miles from me and so on. It never ends, right so that abundance hmm, is creating two huge illusions okay illusion number one is that you you know there is an endless supply that you know you you can constantly uh, be whoever uh, you want to be and there will always be someone okay and two it's just creating fakeness to everything we've turned the entire world to a de- to a, a meat market that has no depth in it okay we have no depth whatsoever and and you know uh, there was a documentary uh, a while back called misrepresentation okay uh, about how we condition women to believe that their one top asset is the way they look and unfortunately the size of their boobs and the size of their bums and and so on and so forth which is quite shocking because any man who's a real man understands that looks can be very deceiving that some of the most incredibly looking women in the world are the coldest you've ever met okay and that in reality you know a, a woman's attractive comes from how truly deeply she feels about herself, okay? And, and the, similar, the same for, for, for men, you know, uh, where we are made to believe that if, if you're not driving a fancy car, you're never gonna get any, uh, any woman interested in you, okay? And the truth is, no, I mean, a good man that is uh, uh, responsible enough to start a family, by the way, is usually boring because if he wanted to go to a party every Sunday, he wouldn't want to start a family, Okay And if he wanted to spend the, you know Friday night in the bar every Friday, he wouldn't want to start a family, and by the way, he wouldn't drive a fancy car because he would prefer to provide for his family
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay and if you're if you're at the age when you're starting a family, by the way, it's a very unrealistic view that a good man who is not a workaholic who will actually pay attention to you and really care for you and be around over the weekends. is a a multi-zillionaire. No. You know, Mark Zuckerberg has destroyed that image. And yes, America has quite a few very successful people, but they come with the package that says, I'm a millionaire, I trade in crypto or whatever, I started this wonderful business, but you mean nothing to me. Because as a millionaire, I have other priorities, right? So so the, the game here is the following. The game here is that fakeness that we've created is forcing each and every one of us To pretend to be what is seen on screen. Okay? And as you pretend to be what is seen on the screen, what is going to happen? You're going to advertise what you're not. Mm? And as you advertise what you're not, you're going to end up attracting someone who wants what you're not, who wants what you advertise. Okay? And sooner or later, that someone will say, but you're not what you advertise. I mean, you're beautifully made up, but you're very cold. I I wanted, the you, you know, the way you were, yeah, you, the way you were made up gave me the impression that you're gonna be passionate, right? So you might as well advertise how you are, because by the way, there is a partner out there that may want someone who's not crazy wild and passionate, okay, not everyone
2: is the same, but advertise who you are. And- All of this circles back to the point at the very beginning, which is make sure that the expectations And the perceptions align right if you're giving the wrong expectations your 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 perceptions are going to be off sarah over
0: to you oh well thank you mo we we have had an amazing conversation you are we could talk for hours upon hours upon hours on multiple different subjects i I believe you are one of the smartest um most intuitive men i think i've had the opportunity to speak and i and i look forward i look forward to continuing the discussion but um, just wrap us up with a, a real quick 30 seconds. What is one thing that you wish our audience could take away from this conversation? What is just give us one little nugget that people can leave with today if they're in relationship?
1: If, if you're in a wrong relationship, leave. If the date is not a hell yes, it's a no. And when that, when, with those two rules in mind, roll the dice as often as you can and you'll be fine. By the way, one very interesting thought that I've been thinking about recently is that there are many, many, many that have a target to their relationship. I want to start a family. I want to, you know, find someone that I can take to parties with me. I want to find someone that can live with me in the wild or whatever that is. Okay. Uh, And it hit me very strongly that maybe love itself is the target. Okay, that maybe what this is all about is the encounter itself, is the experience itself. And that, yes, one should take precautions to allow people into their life that will enrich their life. But by the way, if it's, you know, if it's not going to be the perfect setup, it's still an experience that is worth taking because this school of love and romance requires you to be there to reflect and improve yourself to see a mirror, but also to have the skills so that eventually you get to the target. Maybe you're not ready to get to the target yet.
0: Mm, I love that. Roll the dice and enjoy the experience. I love that. All
2: right, Mo, for everybody who's been fascinated by this conversation, I feel like I've learned a lot from you just in this time together. Where can people find you? And what are you working on right now that they're going to need from you?
1: Thank you so much for hosting me, and thank you for hosting me early in the in the career of what I believe will be a very successful podcast. So thanks for the opportunity. I, uh, you can find me at mogaudat.com That's probably the easiest way. Social media, I'm trying to avoid more and more, but I'm still on Instagram, uh, mo underscore Gaudat. Uh, just to follow Sarah, really. Uh, but then uh, I also have uh, my top uh, three projects uh, this year are my work on artificial intelligence. So my book, Scary Smart, which has been extremely successful. You can find me on a lot of podcasts talking about the topic in a way that is uh, hopeful, but quite... Uh, alerting, if you think about it. Uh, My podcast is my baby. Uh, Sarah was the guest, uh, hopefully for, uh, you know, you can hear her there. Uh, It's called Slow Mo. And it is actually very different than the typical podcast that's supposed to teach you something. It's just an opportunity to slow down and reflect on something that matters to you. And, uh, you know, most people use it to fall asleep because they say that my voice... Uh, puts them to sleep. So um, yeah, I hope you're awake to hear this. And then my biggest project this year is unstressable.com. Unstressable uh, is uh, is my book for next year. Uh, I wrote it with a wonderful feminine Uh, author from the UK who has gone through enormous stress in her life and yet came out uh, quite remarkably uh, a gem in the topic. And she uh, and I have started a membership on stressable.com that discusses stress from both the feminine and the masculine side and puts it together in a really, really unique way. Uh, It's been very successful and it's been very rewarding to see it uh, become what it is and yeah thank you so much for having me it's been wonderful
2: thank you and all of those will be down in the show notes for if you're listening on audio and they will be in the description if you're watching this please 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 check him out it's going to change your life sarah
0: thank you so much for joining us on i wish you new podcast and we'll see you on the next one